to Mark chapter 8 again. And as you're turning there, uh, today is Pentecost Sunday, the seventh Sunday after uh, Easter, and uh, where we celebrate Acts chapter 2, the power of the Holy Spirit. The church today has dismantled the Holy Spirit. They talk about the Father, they talk about the Son, but they don't talk much about the Holy Spirit. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that will show you things, and it's the Holy Spirit that will give you great revelation. So we need in our lives the Holy Spirit. Amen? Men's retreat. Guys, you, you must be a part of that. You say, well, you don't have money. Well, believe God for the money. You say, I don't have time. Believe God for the time. Because some of you guys are going around with empty tanks. And you wonder why you're blowing up all the time. You wonder why that things aren't going on. You wonder why your wife steers clear of you. You wonder why the kids don't want to be around you. is because you're not filling your tank. You're not filling your tank. And you're not recognizing what's going on. So that's why we have the men's retreat. Or you might want to even call it a men's advance whatever you want to call it. Some people say, well, I'm not going to call a retreat because I never retreat. Well, you know what? Sometimes people never take a Sabbath and they die early. Amen. Can you tell I've been doing some spiritual battle and the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me? Amen. Are you there, Mark chapter 8? Okay, good. I'm not going to read it yet, but let's just talk about a few things. We've been studying everyday encounters that Jesus had with people and from those everyday encounters, they were changed. And because they were changed, God used them and worked through them in a mighty way. Because of their encounters, what we learn from them, we can be changed too. And the bottom line statement I've always said is if you want change in your life, first change yourself. So there always is hope, especially when we have a true concept of God. And the main goal and emphasis of this series is for us to get a correct concept of God so that the deception of words and the deception of peer pressure and the deception of things that go on in your life does not steer you away from knowing that you are a son or a daughter of God. And because you are, you're created in the image and the likeness of God. And because of that, you can become everything God has called you to be. And because you become that, then when you do things, that your works will, will do mighty things because you're walking in that anointing. So last week, we encountered, uh, Jesus encountered the blind man and, uh, but there was something different here in this, and we began explaining that, so let's read it again. Mark chapter 8, verse 22, then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him, if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town so we know that his home was not in Bethsaida, nor tell anyone in 
this town of Bethsaida. So in the scripture, we also understood and recognize that as we read scripture, that Jesus healed many lame and many blind men. So there are more blind men healed in Jesus' ministry than just the five that the New Testament talks about. We, we said to you what those were. One he spoke to, one blind man he touched, one he cast a demon out, one he spit on the ground and then dipped his fingers, made a little mud, rubbed it on his eyes. And then the encounter we will continue to learn from, Jesus spit in his eyes and then laid hands on him twice. So let's go over this now, what we found last week. Jesus spit in his eyes and laid his hands on him, and Jesus then asked a question. The question was, what do you see? The answer was, I see men like trees walking. Jesus then laid his hands on him again, and the blind man was restored physically. Now, as we said last time together, some would say, you see, even Jesus, it doesn't work the first time. I don't agree with that. People who teach this in this story do not understand spiritual things. We found the answer where? In the Bible. All right, last week, we can go deeper in the story, so let's go over what we said about that last week. Every person has two sets of eyes. Remember that? You have a natural set of eyes that you see physically, and then you have a spiritual set of eyes that you see spiritually. All right? The man answered, I see men like trees walking. We prove to you in Scripture that the Bible uses trees describing men. It's not that he dimly saw, not that, you know, he was seeing things, but because he wasn't totally well yet and they needed more gump, more prayer, more this, more power, more whatever. No, this was Jesus. In Psalm 1, Psalm 52, Psalm 92, Jeremiah 17, Isaiah 55, we read where, where uh, men were described as trees. So in the New Testament, Matthew 7 speaks of a good tree and a bad tree. It's speaking of a person or people. In this story of the blind man, what did we describe to you last week? What happened? What happened in the healing of this blind man? Jesus opened the blind man's spiritual eyes first. Then Jesus put his hands on him again, not because it didn't work the first time and opened or healed his physical natural eyes. So we learned a progression. We learned something here. This is, I call it, this is Pastor Gary's uh, statement. This is the wholeness progression. If you don't see spiritually, you will not be able to hear spiritually. If you cannot hear spiritually, then you cannot understand in your heart. And if you cannot understand in your heart, you will or cannot turn so you are healed by the power of God. So the bottom line here 
is in what Jesus said, Paul repeats it. And so let's continue now in this series, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read this scripture that maybe some of you have read, and you read it and said, what in the world is he talking about? All right, well, I'm going to give you what in heaven he's talking about. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined, this is Paul talking, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith, watch this, that your faith should not be the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, there are a lot of people that have faith, but it's faith in the wisdom of men and not faith in the power of God. And the reality of spiritual intuitiveness, I'll say this, spiritual understanding, spiritual revelation, that's what produces the power of God to work in all of our lives. And a lot of people say, but I had faith and nothing worked. No, because it doesn't take Jesus twice to make it happen. It is the power of God that makes it happen. And we need to understand, it's understanding the spiritual truth of what God is saying. And, G and Paul, one of the greatest apostles said, I came to you as someone who didn't know anything. I came to you with understanding that it's not in me that I have what I have. It's not me that I see the miracles that I see. It is the power of God. And I see that all the time. And I do not stand before you as someone who's like God. I'm not God. I'm a child of God. And I can walk in his power by the Holy Spirit. This is why we need our spiritual eyes opened. Folks, if you know God has spoken to you, there are two ways to test that he's speaking to you. And we're going to see this in this healing of the blind man. First of all, let me give you a practical direction here. What you are hearing or seeing with your spiritual eyes, does it agree with the whole Bible? That's why I gave you the scriptures that speak of trees. Second of all, does it agree with the context of the passage? Because sometimes, you know, people will, will read one scripture and build a doctrine on one scripture. And I can prove to you, by using one scripture, Moses played tennis. Scripture says, Moses refused to serve in the courts of Pharaoh. I'm going to build a doctrine on that. I can prove to you David had a motorcycle. Scripture says David's triumph was heard throughout the land. 
We've been studying Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 26. So let's go to the beginning of the chapter and see the content. What is going on here? In verses 1 through 10, it is what we call the feeding of the 4,000. Most only know about the 5,000. Right after the feeding of the 4,000, remember, we are talking about spiritual blindness. The Pharisees walk up and ask Jesus a question. Now, picture with me, if you will. Jesus just fed 4,000 with a few things, all right? A miracle took place, and here are these holy, full of holes, religious Pharisees who walk up and ask Jesus something in Mark 8, verse 11. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. Now, we just had the miracle of the 4,000, and the Pharisees say, show us a sign. Uh, There was one right there. So Jesus knows the Pharisees' hearts were hard, and they cannot see spiritually. So Jesus is concerned about the disciples now, because he's about to leave the kingdom of God to the disciples. So Jesus decides to teach the disciples about spiritual blindness. (laughs) So the Bible tells us that Jesus in that same chapter leaves the Pharisees. And in Mark chapter 8, verse 13 and 15, let's see what he does. And he left them, left who? The Pharisees. And getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. These guys are always thinking about food. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, Jesus charged them saying. So what is Jesus trying to do in the context of this passage? He's trying to talk to them about spiritual blindness. And the only thing the disciples we're going to see can see is out of the physical. All right, so let's follow along. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, Jesus, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And watch how spiritual, I could use the word bright, how spiritual the disciples are. Verse 16. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. We didn't bring enough bread. So they said to one another, they said, I told you, remember, I told you to remember to bring three loaves. I don't know is that what they said, but bottom line, that's, that's what they're saying here in verse 16. Jesus is talking about spiritual blindness because he just left the Pharisees who did not see spiritually. So look at Jesus' reaction to now the disciples. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, 
Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? He's talking about spiritual. Is your heart still hardened? He could have said, like the Pharisees, spiritual blindness. Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? Now, he says to the 12, also when I broke the seven, they said to him 12, also when I broke the seven, For the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So we said to them, how is it you do not understand? He's talking about spiritual blindness. He's talking about they're seeing everything in the physical. Well, my boss is angry. Well, you know, I'm going to have a bad day. No, you're not going to have a bad day because your boss is angry. That's what he, yeah, he's angry. She's angry. But bottom line, your day is ordered of the Lord. And even though you got an angry boss, your day is going to be good. You see past the physical into the spiritual. So now what we we find here, let me just, I'm going to pause, time me, Pastor Ryan, but I'm going to pause for a minute, and I'm just going to tell you another whole series that I'm going to do one day at the church. It says that there were 12 baskets full uh, on, the, on the feeding of the 5,000 and seven large baskets full uh, on the feeding of the 4,000. Okay, so, so when you get that, when you study the whole thing, literally, it also is a teaching there because there are 12 tribes of Israel and it literally represented the word of God and the promises of God. And so they got 12 baskets full that they were fed little fish. And in the 4,000, they had big fish. And so with that, what I'm going to tell you is that if everyone in the body of Christ would have faith in the Word of God and see spiritually and be fed and equipped in church, then what they will do is be able to have need to feed the whole world, seven continents of the world, and feed them the Word of God, and Jesus Christ can rise up and rule everyone in this world. And we have to get to a place in our lives that we understand that every one of us see, we might need contacts, we might need glasses, but we see clearly, physically. And that's a problem if we only see physically. And we need to see spiritually what's going on in our world. Because if you don't, you will be deceived by only seeing physically. And then you will not be able to hear. Have you ever had people that you talk to, they won't talk to you anymore? Because they don't believe what you believe? They're angry at you because they don't believe? Let me tell you why. Because they're only seeing physically. Amen. And you ever see people that are just angry? Oh, why are you always angry? Because they're only seeing physically. See, I could, from, from losing three people in my family, stepfather, mom, and, and aunt, 
and an aunt on my wife's side. And then great close friend, Ray Coleman, in one year. Missed Ray Coleman's funeral because I was doing my mom's funeral. And then handling the, the, the sickness from Africa by eating wrong foods and having to work through all that and being tired and, and all the different things. And, you know, the whole side of my right leg was raw because of, of the itching, all the different things. By the way, everything's healed. Amen. And so the reality is that I could have gotten tired of it, but I saw clearly what was going on, that the enemy was trying to rip me off, and I saw that. And then I learned, after even getting frustrated in that area, and I began to get to a place in my life, church, come hail or high water, thousand fall, 10,000, it will not come on me. It will not deter me from the calling of God in my life. It will not deter me from being the husband I'm supposed to be, the father that I'm supposed to be, the grandfather I'm supposed to be. And seeing clearly when people are, are evil and vicious, and one day they say they love you, the next day they hate you. And seeing clearly what's going on. So that it will not come on me. Their junk won't come on me. I protect my home, I protect my life, I protect everything. And one day you might see me laying across here and there's a funeral here, one day. But my day that that's going to happen is the day that my God numbered. I will not die early. Matter of fact, I'm working hard to die even later. Amen. That's the promise of God. And there are too many people that are living their life in anger and frustration because they're only seeing physically what they think should be. We should just go home now. That'd be enough. Because I'm a preacher, I'm going to go on. So, how is it you do not understand? Jesus gets in the boat and says, guys, beware of the bread or the doctrine of the Pharisees are teaching, or the doctrine of the blogs you're reading, or the doctrine of the news station you're listening to. Don't eat that bread. So what does bread mean? The answer is man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Man shall not live by physical alone, nourishment, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There is natural bread, which is nourishment. There is spiritual bread, which is the word of God. So Jesus also said, I am the bread from heaven. If you eat me, spiritual bread, you will never go hungry again. See, that Bible's weird. He says, if you do this, you'll never go hungry again. Go ahead and try that. You'll die of starvation. It's not talking about physical bread. It's talking about spiritual bread. You will never go hungry. You will be fulfilled if you see past the physical. If you see past the physical, you will be filled. And every area of your life will be fulfilled. You will trust in God's call in your life. You will trust Young people, you will trust that God has his hand on your life and he has a plan and a purpose for you. And his plan and his purpose will prevail. The Bible says in Jeremiah, many are the plans of men, 
but it's the purposes of God that will prevail. That might be Proverbs too. Jesus said, if you drink my blood, it will wash your sins away. I'm not drinking anybody's blood. Well, neither am I. It's talking spiritual. Jesus is always using metaphors in Scripture. Again, Jesus said, don't eat the bread of Pharisees, which is wrong doctrine or untruth. Anybody following me here? So the disciples don't get it and say, I told you we should have brought more bread. Duh. Jesus says, no, I'm not talking about physical bread. I fed the 5,000 and had much bread. If I needed physical food, I could make more. You are 12 guys and we have one loaf. I can handle that. I just fed 5,000. I just fed 4,000. Jesus says, I am talking about spiritual bread. The disciples didn't get it. Then Jesus, and this is why he says this in verse 17. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, why do you reason because you have no stinking bread? I added that. Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Do you not yet see spiritually? Do you not yet see what's going on in the physical and see what's going on in the spiritual? Is your heart still hardened? Are you like the Pharisees, having eyes and do not see? Do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Guys, you have two sets of eyes. In the natural, you see just fine. In the spiritual, Jesus is telling them they're blind. He's saying, I am about to leave you. Don't you remember what I've taught you? I am just about to leave, and I'm going to leave the kingdom of God work for you to spread the gospel, to see spiritually, not just see physically, and you're still seeing only physical. Remember this story? The story of the two disciples on the Emmaus Road? For hours they were with him and didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Their spiritual eyes were not open. In the passage of Scripture on the Emmaus Road, it says that he opened their eyes and they recognized him. What eyes did Jesus open? Their spiritual eyes. You find that story in Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 13. Luke 24. Jesus says, you guys have a problem, you're blind spiritually. Now, in context, Jesus gets off the boat and they bring a blind man to Jesus and ask if he would heal them. Jesus thought, you know, Mark's going to write this down, so Mark listened very closely. See, the creator of the universe puts his hands on the blind man, and don't you dare believe it did not work. Don't listen to that stuff. It's exactly what Jesus wanted to happen. It happened. He opened the spiritual eyes first, and then he healed them physically. He laid his hands and asked, what do you see? Mark, write it down. He saw men like trees walking. 
Jesus puts his hands on him again and asks, now what do you see? And he said, now I can see natural. The man saw spiritually, then he saw physically. You see, this is, I think, the Lord's point. This is my point. When you see in the spiritual, you see the power of God. Nothing's too hard for God. And when you see the power of God in the natural, you will always see the manifestation of his power. So what does that mean? When you see spiritually, you then see God's purpose, God's plan. You see God's power. And because you see spiritually, you're going to hear spiritually, which builds spiritual faith, which produces an ability to believe and see the power of God. And when the power of God goes into motion, like Paul said, I came to you as a human being, but who was anointed with the power of God. And everything that I did was because of the power of God. I see it's not just me. When I teach uh, young guys and, and ladies, uh, you know, training them for ministry, I'll talk to them a little bit about watching the opposite sex and, you know, don't get into moral problems, stuff like that. And then I tell them, hey, by the way, when some people come to you and say, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so cute, you're so pretty, you're whatever, I want to tell you, you need to see past the physical and in the spiritual, they are seeing the anointing of God upon your life. It's nothing to do with the physical. And if you see that correctly, you will never be tempted to go out and sin morally. Amen. And that's what God is saying in this scripture. And this scripture worked 100 years ago, it works today, and it works 100 years from now. The word does not have to grow with the maturity of our world. God's word, God's wisdom is far greater than any wisdom of mankind. So don't ever think that the word is not for today. So Jesus puts his hands on him again and asks now, what do you see? He said, I see naturally. Now, and when you see the power of God, in the natural, you'll always see the manifestation of his power, which is healing. What causes spiritual blindness? John 9, the whole chapter, is healing a blind man. The blind man gets healed, and then he gets in trouble. And I want you to look at verse 39. Jesus talks about spiritual blindness. John 9, and Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Now, do you think that Jesus is talking about, when I got into the world, everybody who's blind physically, I'm here to make them to see. And so now, and everybody that could see when I got here, I'm going to make them blind physically. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual blindness. Let's read that again. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see. 
and that those who see may be made blind. In other words, they're living on their own self. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Verse 41, we need to understand. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. What are you talking about, Jesus? It's easy. When you understand this whole principle, what we've been talking about is spiritual blindness and spiritual sight. He's saying, you are coming here and saying, we see all things, but you're only going by your physical sight. You're only going by experience. You're only going by you know, what, what's right, what's just, what's, you know, in your own sight. And because of that, there's sin in your life. Because of that, you're not born again. Because here I am, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, and you have rejected me. Because you only see physically. How could God be in this carpenter man? Wow. They became religious, and it is based on what they see in the natural. Jesus heals a blind man, then says, the real reason I came into the world is not just to heal in the natural, but to heal spiritually. Jesus said to the Pharisees, if you would admit to me you are blind without me and I am the light of the world, but you say you can see without me the light of the world. And it's your own stuff. It's your own law. It's your own stuff that, that you created. Verse 41, Jesus said, if you would admit to me you need me, I would take away all your sin." Church, because we admit we need Jesus, listen to me real closely. We have no sin. Our sins are washed away. We have no bad past. The natural eye sees that, the spiritual eye sees past that, that it is forgiven and forgotten. Who? Because we said we are blind without you, Jesus. So what causes spiritual blindness? Unconfessed sin. I didn't say sin. I said unconfessed sin. Because we all sin. So we're not blind and, you know, unconfessed sin, where we know that we have sin, but we have not confessed it. That causes spiritual blindness. If you're not born again, you need the light of the world, like the two on the plane. If you're born again and the scripture is not jumping out at you, my first statement to you is go and see if you have some unconfessed sin. Before I go into the, I'm going to sound real old, 
and religiously spiritual, but it's not. When you go into the holy word of God, the written word of God, you need to, before you do that, begin to worship and ask God to show you if there's unconfessed sin in your life. And when you do that, 1 John 1.9 says that you confess that sin and he's faithful and just to forgive you of that sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All. Everyone say all. all. It's all unrighteousness. You don't have shame of the past. It's gone. So let's close with this. I told you last week to remember Jesus led him out of the town. The guy lived in another town, not, not Bethsaida. Bethsaida was not his home. <clears throat> and Jesus is not going to Bethsaida, but going through Bethsaida. Everyone say through Bethsaida. They asked if he would heal the man of blindness, and Jesus said, yes, but not in Bethsaida. Why? Jesus is racist. No, he's not. If he would have spit in the guy's eye, a lawyer would have written him a letter that he's in a lawsuit. Jesus leads him out of the town and heals him and says, don't, go, don't you go back in that town. You know why Jesus did this? About a year before Jesus was in Bethsaida, and he worked great miracles. The pools of Bethsaida. He worked great miracles there. Jesus shared who he was, and Scripture tells us they rejected him. Luke 10, 13 and 14. He says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, Tyre and Sidon is, is Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. Speaking of Bethsaida. So to Bethsaida, because he's God, watch this. When you go to God, you find grace and truth. But to Bethsaida, because they had rejected and they continue to reject Jesus, it's too late for many of them. Don't come at me with the reality of well, but what if they would have uh, uh, confessed their sin? What if they would have turned and repented? And Well, just like you. So what are we talking about? He says, I don't want you to go into Bethsaida because Bethsaida is cursed. It's cursed. And the reality of some people in this world, they wonder why all this stuff is happening because they're living in a curse. 
not based upon God hates them, God's racist, God's unjust. It's because they've made a choice and they have rejected the very word of God and they only see physically, they do not see spiritually that he was the Messiah, that he was the Christ and they rejected Jesus. And he's telling the blind man that was healed, saw spiritually and physically, he said, don't go in that town. You live in this town, you go back there. It's not cursed. Don't go into that town because they don't have my blessing upon it. Wow. So what is Jesus talking about there? Sometimes when people take their last breath, You have to ask, do they know Christ or do they not know Christ? And all the time when someone takes their last breath and they die, the judgment on them is not based upon God's love because God loved them. God's grace was for them. God's truth was for them. But they rejected him. And there, it's too late. So what Jesus was showing, not only see spiritually so that you can hear spiritually, so that faith can grow, your salvation is based upon one thing, the confession of Jesus Christ as Lord or the rejection of Jesus Christ as Lord. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you're saved. All your sins have been washed away. If you reject Jesus Christ as Lord, you're a sinner. And a sinner walks with curse in their life. And that's what he was saying. Here's the same analogy. Don't walk in the lifestyle of a curse. But walk in the lifestyle of a righteous man or a righteous woman. What does that mean? Mean uh, a car? A house? No, no, no. That's that's physical. He's talking spiritual. He's talking spiritual. People base everything how good you are based on what you have. That's such a deception of the enemy. You are rich, even though physically you're poor, because you have Christ. Why? Because you've been delivered from a curse and you have every ability to walk in God's prosperity. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, even though there's sickness in your body, you need to rejoice because when you begin to see and hear spiritually, faith will grow and the power of God moves on your behalf. Yeah, but I've had this for 30 years. So? Think that's too hard for God? Yeah, but, you know, I've gone down, I've prayed, the elders have prayed, i prayed, I've, you know, mama's prayed, baby's prayed, president prayed, 
Everybody prayed. It's about what you're seeing. Is arthritis too hard for God? Is diabetes too hard for God? Is weight loss too hard for God? Is cancer too hard for God? You need to begin to see spiritually in every aspect of your life, spiritually becoming born again and whole. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Become whole emotionally. Is depression too hard for God? Is worry too hard for God? He says, why do you worry about tomorrow? Amen? You see, when people read Scripture, they try to understand it in the natural sight instead of the spiritual. When they think they're hearing God, they're trying to hear God in the natural. When God says, I want you to see and hear in the spiritual. Because when you do, then your first step will be with the power of God. Because the first thing you will see and the first thing you will hear is how great your God is. And if there's any sin in your life, you will confess it. Amen. Then you walk in the power of God. And, and you know, and even I was getting into deception of why is all this and all, you know, how you handle your budget, you handle everything. You see in the spiritual, you hear in the spiritual, and you walk in the power of God, and nothing can stand before the power of God. <clears throat> Let's all stand. If you're here today, <clears throat> 